Hey everybody, this is Bill Williamson, this is Silver and Black Pride, this is Tuesday, June 2nd, and we have a great special guest, another longtime guy that I worked with uh, for years, uh, Matt Williamson. Matt is a former NFL scout, he's worked at ESPN, he's worked at several places, does a lot of podcasts. This is no BS. Whenever I needed somebody when we worked together, even that wasn't working together, and I just wanted something on anybody... Matt would know it, and I really feel like that, Matt. I feel like you knew the fifty-three pretty much on every um, every team. So I appreciate you having. Yeah, how you doing, man? I am fantastic. And you know, as you were saying that, it's like, boy, we have done a lot together back to our ESPN days, and uh, we probably should throw it out there. We had that no relation podcast. It was just here and there because of our last names. We're not related, but we've done a lot of work together. It's been a blast. It's been great knowing you. We've done a lot of good stuff together. Yeah, yeah. We, um, yeah, and hopefully, you know, sometime in the future, man, because I, I really respect you. Um, that's why I wanted to have you on this Raiders um, podcast. You know, I, I think we say this every year that the Raiders are one of the more intriguing teams for whatever reason, you know, good or bad. And I, I think this year, you know, here, as we sit here on June 2nd, we can say the same thing, that this is an intriguing team as it moves to Las Vegas. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, you have two high-profile people running the organization that we've seen in the media, and, you know, and Gruden and Mayock, and you're, you're moving to Vegas. I mean, obviously, that's huge news. I don't think people talk about that enough because of all the craziness in the world right now. And then, it's you know, it's, it's you're, you're getting into... You're, you're no longer the new team and the new coach, the new GM. You know, it's time to shape. You know, it's time to start winning games. You've had a lot of draft picks over the last couple of years, a lot of money to spend in caps, you know, in cap money, and now it's time to start putting that product on the field. So it's time for this team to start turning the corner in what I think is a really tough division. Yeah, I want to get to that a little bit too. But you're exactly right. This is the time. I think it's no more okay. Let's you know they're a cute team. They're, they're you know there's somebody to watch. No, we've been through this. This is a team that you know two sixteen they won twelve games and then they stumbled to seven the next year and then they made the change with Gruden. Well, this is his third year. They've they've had money. They've spent it. They've had a lot of guys. I don't know if seven nine eight and eight really does it this year. I, I think we want to see nine wins. Uh, Ten's even better, especially when you got seven teams in the playoffs. I mean, this is a team that needs to make a playoff run, don't you think? Yeah, or at least make a big mother may I step forward. You yeah, know, a, a noticeable better product on the field. Um, you know, a little more identity on both sides of the ball. Really have a feel for where they're going, their plan. A lot of these young players getting better. The Cleveland Farrells of the world and Abrams and all these guys they've drafted. I'm not sure that the record has to be nine wins, ten wins, make the push for the playoffs as much as I want to see general progress. You know, all the youth they've invested in needs to be going the right way. I want to see the plan starting to come together. Yeah, but I mean, you got to remember this is a team that was six and four last year, and you know, finished one and five. So I think you know, in a in an AFC that was kind of you know, blowing gas at the bottom of the conference as far as the, you know, the, the five, six, seven teams, you know, they they went into the final weeks as with a chance. So I, I want to see, I, I think, 
I think I want to see a strong finish. I want to see a team that can. And if it's nine and seven, and and you're the eighth team, eighth team in the playoffs, you know you fall just out of the playoff picture. That's okay. You know we, we you know you'll get better next year. But I, I'm with you. I want to see that sustained um, progress, improvement. Um, is there anybody on this roster that you just love? Hmm. I mean, there's a lot of them. I mean, most of them on the offensive side of the ball. I think the offensive line in general is really appealing because it's both very physical, but it doesn't compromise athleticism. And Colton Miller's a guy that's improving. I mean, the whole offense in general to me is really intriguing. You know, I mean, I, I think Jacobs is going to be a bell cow type back, mm-hmm. but I don't know that they're going to throw him the ball as much as people want, like in the fantasy community. I think Carr is coming off a very good year and probably gets more criticism than he rightly rightly deserves. And then they got a lot of pass catchers now, maybe starting with Waller, but then all the receivers too. I mean, I really like the the Edwards pick is one that I love. You know, I I, I kind of predicting that not this year, but in 2021, I I think Edwards might be the leading receiver on the team. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I – you know, I've seen the the Cleveland, uh, the Keenan Allen comparisons. The I've talked to people that were around him at you know at college, and they say this guy just has the makeup of a you know a really solid NFL receiver. Um, so yeah, I really like that pick. Did you like the Rugs pick at, with the other two receivers on the board? Sort of. Yeah. Um, to me, Judy was the best. The best prospect at the wide receiver position and then I would have went Lamb that I would have went Ruggs and I think that there's some people saying I don't understand the Henry Ruggs pick, Derek Carr, you know Carr's never going to throw deep, he's not an aggressive downfield thrower, but I don't think that's fair because I think Ruggs is more than just just a Teddy Ginn, Deshaun Jackson run fast outside the numbers guy I mean, you can hit him on the slants and he's, he's really good after the catch and to me that fits Carr really well but what I said about Ruggs before the draft was he might not be my number one receiver on the board, but I bet he impacts the team he goes to more than any receiver in this draft immediately. And what I mean by that is, okay, maybe Carr isn't Pat Mahomes in terms of extending plays and firing the ball downfield, but Ruggs taking the top off, and I don't love that cliche, but sure makes a lot of room for Renfro and Waller and the mm-hmm. backs out of the backfield and makes it an awful lot harder to stack the box when you want to hand the ball to Jacobs over and over with a big physical line. So I don't think I want rugs on my fantasy team, so to speak, but I want the impact he has on the other 10 players on the field and the defense that he impacts so strongly. You know, and I've, I've said that on this show after the draft is that I didn't love that pick on the first round because I don't know if the three guys, Judy Lamb and Ruggs, I don't know. I have the least confidence in him being a true number one. But after what they did on the second night, and they added Lynn Bowden Jr., they added Edwards, um, it all makes sense. It was all – this was a uh, – this is a recipe draft by John Gruden and Mike Mayock. It was all to fit the the overall offensive playbook. And I think those three guys – so I think because of the, all the guys they have around now, 
I think Ruggs is even more important because his role is more defined, and he doesn't have to be the true number one. That they have a real ensemble piece offense. Yeah, that's well said. I mean, will he ever catch eighty balls, ninety balls? Maybe not, but nothing. But we won't be be complaining about that. Right, 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 right. But nothing terrifies defensive coordinators than a guy that can beat you on one play. I mean, obviously Tyreek Hill comes to mind and is in that division and has terrorized that division for a long time. Plus, I think Al Davis would have approved the pick. Well, certainly, certainly. Um, <laughs> you know, I look at this roster, and I don't see a lot of holes. And that's that's a unique... Less than ever. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's taken a while. And I, But I don't know if it's a great roster that that's what we're going to have to figure out. But I don't see a lot of glaring holes right now. And um, that's a pretty – I don't – not too many teams can say that. Yeah, and on my Locked on NFL podcast, I've done a lot of Raiders stuff the last two days. And I think my exact words were, wow, I have the Our Lads depth chart here in front of me. And I thought I was going to find more holes just looking at it right in front of me on paper than I really could. And – I agree with you. Like, if you ask, what's their biggest need, if you could add one more thing, it's probably a pass rusher, a defensive lineman yeah. of some sort. But, I mean, Cleveland Farrell was a high pick. Max Crosby, Max Crosby has a lot of ability. You know, Hurst has ability. They have some guys, and I think Rod Marinelli is going to help dramatically. But I think I'd describe it as this, and I'm certainly not disagreeing with you. I would say no, there's sorry. certainly fewer holes or not really glaring holes, which is a massive step in the right direction and a feather in Mayock's cap, but there's still a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I no, that's what I agree. We have to see these guys get it done. But as far as who's in the spots and is he, uh, you know, a potential impact NFL player, I think they have those holes filled. We just have to see that it get them together. And I think particularly – on defense, you know, sure. the Farrell has to take the next step. Max Crosby can't be a one-hit wonder, and I don't think he is. And what, what's your thoughts on him? I love him. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot coming out. I was shocked he fell that late. I don't think he's a one-hit wonder. I think he's a much better athlete than given credit for, you know, and a good technician. He won't speak up on anybody this year, but I think he's a long-term starter, productive player. Um, I, I don't have any doubts about him, to be very honest. And I know you didn't ask me this, but uh, I did I did a little something last week about some of my favorite off-season moves, and I, I credited the Raiders with their signing of the two linebackers. You know, I mean, uh, Paul Gunther kind of comes from that Zimmer tree where he wants, you know, Barr and Kendricks. He wants two guys that can play every snap. Mm-hmm. And I think they finally have that. I mean, you talk about a place that's been a hole lately. Is that the true every down second level players haven't been there, and the guys they sign might not be stars, but they're going to be productive every down players. That you know, really, I, I love those moves. So you, um, I mean, Littleton. I, I don't know if it's, he's a star per se, but he's. More legit than people probably realize, right? As far as being right. complete player, coverage player, yeah, fast, right, yeah, can play the run. I'm not a specialty, but yeah. I don't really care. You know, yeah, right. I mean, yeah, and I think Hewakowski's a really good player too. I mean, again, I keep harping on those two being 
never really have to come off the field, and they're not going to be targeted when the Chiefs come to town. They're not going to be like, let's get Kelsey or Edwards Hilaire and these linebackers, and we'll just murder them. I mean, like right. in the past. I mean, I just think that they can hold their own against the division, against top tight ends and running backs, and still give you enough in the run game. I just think it's a massive overall upgrade of what they've been playing with lately. Yeah, because it was it was such an easy way to beat the Raiders on defense, and I and I don't I, I don't think that's the case anymore. But again, these they have to have some of these young guys grow, and they have to have health, especially on defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the the defense has a chance to be much better. I, I you know everybody loves Abram because he played those those three quarters, and he played like his you know his entire uniform was on fire in that Monday night game against Denver. <laughs> And, you know, and he was hurt for much of that game. So, I mean, this is a guy that has a real chance and, and wants to be a star. And I think I think people kind of forget that you have him coming into the mix, too. And that's a, you know, that's a huge newcomer. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of like Jonah Williams with Cincinnati. I mean, you get an extra first-round pick this year that you, you know, obviously had a hole. You had a role for him in mind. And you just didn't get a chance to see it or see close to enough of it. And I absolutely think he'll be a trendsetter. I think he'll set the tone type of guy. And, you know, you can't jackate people over the middle anymore, but I still think that having a safety that plays with a lot of energy, like you said, his uniform on fire, right. will rub off in a positive manner. And I think that they've gone out of their way to get those guys and get the Clemson guys and the high-character guys. And brings me to another point. I mean, again, I didn't quite put it two and two together, but... When I looked at their secondary, all the safeties, all the corners on paper the other day, it's like every one of these guys is a high-pedigree player. I mm-hmm. mean, some of them have had rocky roads to get here, and that by no means are they all going to be slam-dunk stars, but the talent and the early draft pedigree is really there with the secondary, even like the Prince of Mukamara, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I think that's by design. Um, I love I love the fourth round pick uh, Robertson from La Tech. I think he's yes. going is going to be a real difference maker, almost like in the Rugs way. And, and let me explain that because he allows you to do different things with the with the playbook. He's a he's a you know don't not I don't want to call Rugs a complimentary player, but he, you know these guys do complement the other guys on their on their rotation. And I think you can do different things and more things with those type of players. And I think Robertson is that type of player. Yeah. And he's small and he'll be small every day. He gets out of bed. So, I mean, those are things that are, he's got to overcome and he has to this point, but of all the corners in this draft, he may have been the most fun tape to watch, you know, the little bulldog. I mean, you know, near the line of scrimmage, blitzing, sticking his nose in things. You know, sacrificing his body, you know, quick hips. Um, I, I think he's a real nice find. And he, he probably doesn't have to play immediately. You know, I mean, you, you got a guy ahead of him that's pretty established, so you can bring him along pretty, or, you know, this young secondary is, is going to be asked to do a lot, but there are some guys like the Joiners and Amukamaras that can kind of hold down the fort in the meantime, too. Right. I, I think this secondary, because those two guys, Joyner and Mukura, are probably not going to be around next year. I know Joyner has a big contract, but you can get out of his money. Um, but, you know, it's it's the 
it's all the young guys that you know the Arnett and and Robertson and 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 Mullen and Isaiah Johnson. I mean, those are two first round picks. Excuse me, one first round pick, a second round pick, and two fourth round picks, and two back to back years. That's the future of that d- uh, defensive secondary with Abram back there. So I think that could be a real, you know, a real face of a of a improving team for years to come. And I'm not comparing this. I'm not previewing this, but what was the what got the Seattle Seahawks defensively together to a Super Bowl run? That defensive back, that group, and I think that's the key here. Um, I want to I, real quick, even to bring it around even more recently. And the analytics folks will always tell you, which I don't know if I agree with or not, but that's a side note that you should build the coverage people first. But you look at like the Ravens and their secondary, and especially the Patriots. I mean. Those guys don't have premium pass rushers. They get pass rush from covering a second longer and being able to blitz because they trust their talented secondaries that a lot of people will tell you that's the best way to build a pass defense. Yeah. Uh, there's certainly a plan in place here, and give yeah. Gruden and, and Mayock credit for that. Matt, I want to leave on this. You know, we're talking about the Raiders, and they, they're getting better, and things are exciting. But what you said at the beginning of the, sh- of the show, it's a really good division. It is. You know, I mean, you got the greatest quarter player in the league right now. I don't care if you agree with me or not. He is. Uh, I'm talking about anybody agree with me. Patrick Mahomes is the best player in football. Um, this team is not going anywhere. And, you know, I think sometimes fans get lost in just their team improving, but other teams have good drafts. Other teams have good free agencies. And I thought that the Chargers and the Broncos, is not to be a buzzkill, just a little reality check, had good drafts as well. Yeah, and certainly the Broncos and the Raiders showed that, hey, if we're going to keep up with the Chiefs, we're going to bring in a ton of offensive speed and explosion and try to win games 50 to 40. You know, I mean, right. not that they're ignoring defense, but all of a sudden a massive wave of big-time playmakers came into the AFC West. And you're right, you know, I mean, I think the Chargers vastly, yeah, vastly under, uh, were a much better team than their record, you know, really underperformed what they are capable of, a lot of star power there. I think that's a good team. You know, Denver's very lock-dependent, but they made it as easy as possible on the guy. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time, Bill, and you probably heard me before. I mean, there's this month, basically when the draft ends up until training camp, it's all unicorns and rainbows. Everybody looks at their team and says, all our draft picks are going to hit, all our hurt guys are going to come back. People say things like, oh, we can't possibly be as hurt as we were last year. Right. Why not? Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, like, but pretty much everything that happens from here on out is bad. Right. And we're we'll to see because right now the division looks really, really strong. But, you know, we might be saying, boy, all these defensive backs were bust for the Raiders or Drew Locke has no chance or, you know what I mean, why they consider Tyrod Taylor starting quarterback. You know, like a lot of bad things are going to happen between now and, you know, as we go along. Yeah, I mean, and the Chargers and the Broncos have to be saying the same thing about the Raiders. Yeah, we got better, but right. so did they. And right. it doesn't matter. We just – somebody's going to catch the Chiefs, and so it better, might as well be us, you know. So, yeah, and I don't know that the Chiefs got much better, but they're obviously the big bad wolf. Right, and they didn't get worse. No. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, hey, Matt, I appreciate you very much. We'll talk soon. You did great stuff. All right, bud. I appreciate it, too. All right. See ya.
Was that awesome? Was that awesome? Matt's awesome. Appreciate you guys. Hope you have fun. This is Bill Williamson. Uh, this is Silverback Pride. Your team is getting better. Let's have fun. Talk to you next week.